0: We have seen large global VCs invest on the continent, and we are continuing to see them investing. Some of them hired local teams, and some of them raised an Africa bucket specifically for the region. Welcome to VC Evolve podcast, conversations
1: about the future of VC. Our guest today is Hisham Halbouni, GP at P1 Ventures a seed stage firm focusing on African tech founders. Prior to P1 Ventures, Hisham was a partner at Man Capital, where he led global private market investments, including Uber, Bolt, Airbnb, and Market. He is on the board of several high growth companies in Egypt, Nigeria, Kenya, the US, and India. And listen to this, it's what his team says about him. He may claim he's not a diehard soccer fan, but, he would always ask for a break every time Egypt is defeated in an international soccer competition. Okay. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you, Ahmed, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show.
1: Okay, before we get into this podcast, I have the most important question ever. What's your favorite soccer team?
0: <laughs> I cheer for the local Ahli team in Egypt, and I'm a Chelsea fan. But again, I'm not a diehard soccer fan in general, just for the record.
1: Okay, you say Chelsea in the UK? Yes. Man, this episode is over.
0: <laughs> it
1: has to be Liverpool, man.
0: Uh, to be honest, I, I only work football to keep up with the kids, right? Uh, and uh, the, the, the two boys, uh, just to keep the conversation flowing with them. I love
1: that. Okay, Sham, so P1 Ventures focuses on Africa. And on your website, you say African entrepreneurial talent is more widely dispersed across the continent than venture capital funding and we're here to change that how are you changing that
0: Thanks, ahmed this is a really good question and and this is core to our thesis and what we believe we really believe that talent is equally distributed and capital is not we are conduits of that capital our job is to try to find the best founders the best teams uh, and the best talents and back them and when we say back them this is obviously capital, but also other support that we can give the founders. And that typically includes, you know, supporting on talent acquisition, supporting on market expansion and supporting on reductions to further growth capital, given that we invest at in the seed stage. So I think the continent at, at large has so many talented people and the continent has many daily problems that we believe technology is the solution to fill in this gap and this is where we try to have a small impact on how the continent evolves and, uh, and how it grows so i wonder what
1: sectors or industries are more active in africa what do you focus on what verticals we
0: are sector agnostic but the tech companies on the continent are solving real daily problems and we're solving for access right access for most of the people living on the continent is is scarce and that cuts across all industries and all sectors that's why we believe by applying technologies to those industries allows users whether they're enterprises or retail to get access to the basic goods and services if you take a step back and put a few uh, numbers next to sort of sectors. So, if you FinTech is, has been the biggest recipient of, of capital over the past few years. And obviously, because you know, 70% of the population, and I'm talking, population, talking about the entire continent, right? 70% is either on or underbanked. So, this obviously provides a huge pool of opportunities where you can uh, create solutions to democratize access to financing needs. So we have portfolio companies that do that by offering collateralized loans for consumers, B2B payments, formalizing uh, some of the informal ways that people used to, for example, save, like they call local gamayas or saving circles. Uh, So we have portfolio companies that do that as well. If you look at healthcare, uh, which is another sort of vertical, healthcare and insurance is a vertical we're close to as well. A third of the global disease burden sits in, in Africa and less than 2% of the world's doctors reside there, right? So there's a huge access constraint here that we believe technology will be able to allow for that bridge to happen. Uh, E-commerce is another one. Most people in tier two and tier three cities don't have access to what you and I and people living in tier one cities will have access to. So e-commerce is really becoming an enabler for that. So the list goes on and on. So that's why we are sector agnostic. But we tend to look at businesses that are capital efficient uh, and tend to tread on the asset light side of things rather than asset heavy side of things.
1: And what countries in Africa do you focus more on? Because most of the investors in the Middle East, they say we invest in MENA, and MENA means Middle East and North Africa. And this includes basically the Arabic speaking countries in Africa. But it seems you're focusing not only on that, you're expanding your coverage,
0: right? Absolutely. When you look at Africa, there are the big four, and we spend more time maybe on three of them, which is Egypt, Nigeria, and Kenya. The fourth one is South Africa. We're not very active there while well, we made a few investments there, but we think it's just it's less homogeneous with the rest of the continent in terms of problems, in terms of penetration rates, so on and so forth. Uh, and then we focus on other emerging hubs, and we pride ourselves to go off the beaten path. So we invested, for example, in Algeria, back in the day in a business called Yassir, and we were one of the early investors there. Not a lot of people would look at Algeria for VC investments. Uh, this company now grew to generate significant revenues. They've expanded to six countries. They, solve, they, they serve 8 million customers uh, on, on a daily basis. So again, we go where the best entrepreneurs and the best founders are. So the emerging hubs we are currently focused on will include uh, Francophone African countries. That will include Morocco, Algeria, Côte d'Ivoire, and Senegal. Wow, that's quite a lot.
1: And uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, I read that Africa had a VC boom in 2020. Since then, things have been changing. Can you give us like a quick overview of the market cycles that Africa have seen?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a good also point you hit on uh, and if you take a step back, look at 2015, you have less than $300 million invested across the entire continent, Okay, only $300 million. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2022, this number hit $6 billion of funding. Now, funding globally obviously took a downturn. Africa is also experienced that downturn. But even with that downturn, you're talking about first half 2023, you have almost... billion invested across the continent. So that shows you that, A, the evolution is happening. It is not stopping. It might slow down a bit, but again, it is happening. The digitization process is not going to stop because you cannot unsee what, what was revealed. The impact of d- digitization is massive. You can always look to LATAM for, as a preview of what's to come on the continent. And again, they went through a very similar reflection point, but maybe 10 or eight years ago. Uh, if you take another metric, Africa has about 12 unicorns that were created. And what's more interesting is not the number of companies that are worth a billion dollars plus, but also the time it has been able to achieve those valuations. You know, this number shrunk from almost 12 years to three to four years in some cases. So funding is still coming in. Valuations and investors are believing in the story, and this is reflected in the valuations of the companies. And the evolution of the founders and their ability to build companies at scale and unlock value is also enhancing quite rapidly. You're finding now repeat founders on the continent that are building for the second time, and maybe in some cases, the third time. And the last thing is you're finding also talent that are building product locally, but they are exporting their products globally. I mean, for example, we have a company that we backed recently, Gameball. Uh, this is an Egyptian company that's Egyptian team, phenomenal engineers and they sell their product, which is a SaaS solution for gamified loyalty and customer retention, and they sell it to 72 countries. And they're displacing competition in the UK, in Germany, in Latin America, in the Philippines. So again, the the quality of the talent has significantly improved. Uh, And we'll see more and more, as you find more proof points and more success stories, teams will get spun out of those companies and, and creating their own businesses. That's very impressive.
1: And uh, I wonder if VCs in Africa are following the traditional Silicon Valley or U.S. VC model, or have they developed their own VC model now? Do they have customized VC model that fits the needs of African startups and investors?
0: I believe that the model is universal and it works everywhere. And VCs by default will tend to go back to the whole power law. Very few... Companies, outlier companies are the ones that are gonna make your returns. And I think this is the that's the path that the US followed, Europe followed after that, India, Latam, and I think Africa is no different to that. The question becomes, you know, more on the founder side and what solutions are they building? Are they adopting the solutions for the local needs and the local nuances? And are the VCs supporting? the execution or the founders actually uh, executing on those strategies so vcs play a bit of a may, maybe more hands-on role in, in some instances uh, working alongside the founders because again there are still gaps in the ecosystem where you need all the players to maybe roll up their sleeves a bit more and pitch in. makes sense And we see that in all
1: emerging markets. And the African scene is emerging and growing very fast now. Have you seen any new innovations in the VC model itself internationally, not necessarily only in Africa? Yes,
0: but not necessarily at scale. You're seeing different variations, you know, the platform approach or more traditional. Approach, And and there are many that sort of are still on the traditional trajectory, but there are others that are trying to disrupt themselves and and ourselves because also our, our industry will need to evolve at some point. So there are a few funds that are out there that are using more machine learning ability to actually leverage that to be able to source deals, to assess deals and underwrite them. I still believe there is a huge human element. To what we do. So yeah, these models, they will continue to evolve. And I think VCs will also evolve as an asset class and as managers. And we need to actually start thinking about this, how do we equip ourselves for it. But I think ultimately, it still is the human element is huge. And I think this is will continue to become a cottage industry, uh, irrespective of how you you scale it. And-
1: I know in Egypt, there are multiple accelerators. I don't know about the other countries in Africa. How is the accelerator seen
0: in there? There are accelerators in other countries in North Africa. Egypt, obviously, is one of them. You have Tunisia, you have Morocco. I just came from Morocco, actually, from an accelerator. And it's partially also supported by the government initiative. So again, governments are taking interest in in the evolution of what's happening uh, in the technology space and they are supporting their ecosystems through accelerators and some investments, yeah. Do you see an active scene for angel investors in
1: Africa? And I want to also ask about equity crowdfunding, because now in the US, equity crowdfunding is booming. Uh, There's more than 70 platforms in the US only for equity crowdfunding. How is the both angel investing and equity crowdfunding in the countries you focus on in Africa? Equity
0: crowdfunding? is not you don't find it that much it's not that prevalent angels have always been a big part of of the ecosystem actually building as as gps we started off as angels on the continent and investing there and that sort of evolved into building what we're building we were a bit more intentional that we're doing this to build a firm Uh, we're seeing super angels and at some point obviously with the hype a lot of the angel investment turned into family offices investing in those uh, in those companies but those we're seeing a retreat a bit with the downturn and a high interest rate environment and the macro scene. You're finding that some of the tourist investors are retreating, which obviously decreases the amount of froth in valuations. So we're seeing companies now being valued at much more reasonable entry points but angels and the active angels we continue to see them contribute and they've always been a positive contributor to the wider sea if i
1: move to the other end of this cycle which is the exits what are the potential exits for these new startups in africa are there in those countries that you focus on are there active ipos tech ipo markets or do you depend more on an international uh, or a global player to
0: come and acquire those, those companies? That's a great, great question. I'd expand that to Africa and the Middle East as well. Huh? I mean, mm-hmm. most of the exits that happened in the tech space has been through strategic M&A. So these are global players that are coming and buying out companies uh, in the region. What's evolving as well is like you're finding also some consolidation. So existing startups that have become larger or hit scale velocity are acquiring smaller startups, right? As, mm-hmm. as as a roll-up play and an expansion strategy. But MA has been the predominant route for exit over the past few years. You have had some liquidity events or exits through public markets, but Again, the continent is large, you're talking about 50 plus countries, and they don't have a single stock exchange that they can list on, right? Uh, so what happens is ultimately large countries that have a relatively larger capital market tend to provide some exit routes. So you can take the Egyptian stock exchange, for example, where Fawri was listed and it hit you know a peak of $2 billion valuation. Uh, that's great, it provides you the, the exit route, but again, those windows in those countries tend to come and go. I think the liquidity through IPOs will come. Latam went through a very similar process, India has been through a similar process, so I think you know the ecosystem will continue to build out itself, uh, but for now, you have some countries that provide you with liquidity through capital markets like Egypt, Nigeria, South Africa, and you will have global strategics buying out regional champions and local uh, or regional champions buying out smaller companies. How do you see the future of the VC industry uh, in Africa
1: uh, over the the next maybe five to ten years? Do you see uh, international players coming into the VC scene? Uh, like we've seen, for example, some USVCs opened up and opened up shop in China and Sweden and Germany. Are they coming to Africa soon? What do you think? Yeah, look, another great question.
0: Overall, very optimistic about what's happened. Uh, again, you know, you're talking in a span of, you know, since two thousand and fifteen to now. I walked you through the numbers, so it's all trending in the right direction. It might take a bit slower, and I'm glad actually, you know, that this whole global slowdown kicked in as as the African ecosystem is getting built. I think it's going to build a tougher uh, type of and more resilient type of investors and founders. And that's another interesting statistic. 70% of the growth capital that came into Africa came from US and Western VCs. So we have seen Large global VCs invest on the continent, and we are continuing to see them investing. Some of them hired local teams, and some of them raised an Africa bucket specifically for the region. We're seeing this happen also on the continent. Uh, I can maybe think of maybe five or six global VCs that have now a dedicated Africa strategy. I think you will see more of that. You will see more consolidation on the early stage side because you have many, many seed funds, but I think most of these will die out. Again, the fundraising environment is not an easy one, uh, and I think you will find some consolidation at the early stages. And again, most of the capital has been raised has been raised at the seed slash series A. We're seeing more homegrown VCs that are targeting the series B onwards, which obviously adds to the war chest of founders being able to raise locally from funds that are added dedicated to the region. And recently you've seen some sovereign wealth funds from the Gulf that, you know, typically were not large investors in, in the African continent. We're seeing those come in also and invest. So the ecosystem will continue to evolve, will continue to attract more seasoned investors. We're very optimistic about where this is uh, where this is all trending. I learned a lot about Africa and the startup
1: and VC scene in Africa. Hisham, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you Ahmed, thank you so much for having me.